Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And always, it's great when you are joining me. And this this show today is kind of going to be a pretty eclectic show. So I just want you to kind of be aware of that. It's um, it's I, I entitled this "How to Be the Best Version of Me." And if you visit the website or have heard me speak or anything, one of the mottos that I use that I created for just the, the way I do my life, my practice, is be your own best version. And so that means that you're going to be the best version of you, who God has created you to be. And so today we're going to talk about just some foundational, fundamental principles that I use in my office every day. These are building blocks of being a high-functioning person. It, it, it allows you to enjoy your life and others more regularly. It decreases the huge highs and lows, which can be extremely exhausting for you and for other people. So when you learn these principles, if you practice these principles, if you integrate them, it will enable you to have much more success and more consistently. So this may turn into a two-part series. We'll see how, how much I can fit into this show. We may have to finish it up in the following week. So first and foremost, in order to be my own best version and have all the benefits that I just spoke about, you must be an adult cannot be a little person in a big body. These are some of the scariest people on the planet, are little, little child people in big adult bodies. It's one thing when you have a three-year-old screaming at you, when you have a teenager swearing at you and throwing things and storming out of the house, when you have a, a, a child in the grocery store melting down. It's different when you have an adult doing those behaviors and not regulating their emotions. So many people think that they're adults simply because they do adult tasks. So they think they're an adult because they have a checking account and drive a car and, and go to work and own a business and have children and, you know, do all these adult behaviors. But actually being a real adult is a choice. And it requires mastery of self. And it is always revealed by the level of self-control that a person exhibits and possesses. So when, when we really think about adult behaviors versus actually being an adult, what, what you will find is when you are truly an adult, adult behaviors aren't that difficult. I mean, certainly I get tired and I get fatigued, and sometimes, and thankfully, I get to have a vacation pretty soon. But when you're a little person inside and you're trying to live an adult life, it's overwhelming and it's scary and it's painful and so why this is so imperative is that God wants you to have an abundant life. And one of the ways to have an abundant life is to truly be your age, to feel it, to own it, and to act it. 
So principles that adults need to master, right? That's what we're going to talk about. Because like I said, the most painful way to live is to live as a child in an adult world. And I will tell you, it is also very costly. The more childlike you are inside, the more emotionally young you are inside, the bigger the consequences in your life will be. Because little children don't make good decisions. They don't know how to regulate themselves. They don't, they don't know how to delay gratification. They don't know how to perceive things correctly. They're extremely sensitive. And so I, I told a gentleman um, a couple years ago, he had gotten his life into a complete, it was a complete train wreck, seriously. And, and he's a really great guy. I really liked him. He had a just, um, he's good looking, he's smart, he's funny, but very, very young. And he was amazed at how many mistakes he made because of acting too impulsively and not letting time work for him, which is a hallmark of an adult is they can manage time. They can wait. And I said to him, dysfunction is very costly. So it's very important when you want to enjoy all your success, all the talents that you have, that the healthier you are, the more high-functioning you are, the more money you will have. Because it's very expensive to be dysfunctional. So when, when we look at why children are self-centered, because when, when, if you've experienced somebody that's very young, and they're adults, but they are very young in how they act, they are very self-centered. Everything's about them. And they're also very sen- sensitive. And so really think about this. Children have to be self-centered in order to survive. One of the reasons I, I have many people that come to, to therapy is because their parents were young. Their parents were immature. And so their child had to think about the parent all the time in order to make sure the parent was managing so they were okay. So we want children to be self-centered. We want them to only think about them, to figure out their world as we are teaching them character and principles of living, like courtesy and being kind and honest and trustworthy. And we're helping them to practice these things. But we're not having them think about us in in those ways. We're not wanting them to secure us so they're secure. So when we have self-centered adults... It's very painful to try to be in relationship with them or try to work with them. It's a lot of management. And I'm sure that you can think of some people that no matter how nice they are, good-looking, fun, talented, you got to really gear up. you got to work with them. you got to manage them. And that's not the kind of person I want all of you to be. And that is not who God has called you to be. So the first thing we want to understand when it comes to being an adult is this idea and I do this every day with people. We increase our tolerance for negative feelings. We decrease our tolerance for bad behaviors. And if you look in our society right now, you can see we are having a very big problem with this. People cannot seem to tolerate any negative feeling. I was at the grocery store yesterday, and there was a woman there buying, very, very beautiful woman. Um, looks like she works out a lot. And, and um She had two bottles of wine, and she was very frustrated with the person that was checking out ahead of her, and she was getting frustrated with the the person that's going to check her out. And 
And I was putting my food on the conveyor, the you know conveyor belt, and and it got mixed. It, it came up and started hitting her her wine bottles because she didn't put a divider in between the food. And she got very upset, gave me the dirtiest look, as if I had really committed a crime. And I just stepped around my cart in front of my cart, and I pushed my food away and put a little divider in there for her. And I said, "I'm really sorry about that." And she caught herself. She knew that it was really an extreme response. And so she never did look at me and, and say, oh, no problem. But she did start joking with everybody on her way out and made quite quite a big spectacle of how happy she was. And this is a perfect example of tolerating bad behavior and intolerance for a negative feeling. All she had to do was just kind of put a divider. And when I apologized, she could have just fixed it. And we could have all been okay. So my tolerance of her negative behavior, all right, was partly me just tolerating the negative feelings she was generating because I'm an adult and I can fix it. So I just fixed it. And I didn't take on that feeling and get insulted and offended and frustrated or even say something really snotty to her. So me practicing being an adult on that small of a scale is part of what makes society work better together. So you can see in our society this idea of not being able to tolerate negative feelings to the point that we are practically making it illegal to hurt someone's feelings. And we are tolerating outrageous behaviors, very harmful behaviors, very violent behaviors, very dishonest behaviors. And so part of what happens is if I can't tolerate a negative feeling, I will end up doing bad behaviors. If I can't tolerate being sad, being lonely, being, getting my feelings hurt, being misperceived, um, ignored, misunderstood, someone being mean to me, if I can't tolerate that, I end up doing bad behaviors. Like I refuse to t- speak to the person ever again. I have a huge extreme. Or... I start doing self-medicating behaviors. I can't handle all those negative feelings, and so I, I drink, I do drugs, I smoke, I eat, I spend too much, I have sex too, too often with the wrong people, any of those things to try to manage the negative feelings. And if I don't know how to tolerate negative feelings, I also don't know how to get over them. And so it's very important that we recognize the difference between hurt and harm. And when I am talking to couples about this, and, and I talk about the tolerating a negative feeling, I say, listen, there's a difference between hurt and harm. You being snotty to me is not harmful to an adult. I need to be able to handle that. Now, if you're snotty to me all the time, I'm probably not going to tolerate that behavior. And as an adult, thankfully, I have a choice to lead the relationship. But I don't do it the first time you do it. See, the wonderful thing about being a grown-up is that you have choices. Nobody can make you do anything. With little children, they don't get to choose who they're going to be with. They have to learn to tolerate bad parents, bad behaviors from parents, which makes their growing up very difficult, which makes them, as an adult, have to work through a whole bunch of things in order to not repeat the process that they were taught. So we're going, to, we're going to go to a break, and, and when, when we come back, I'm going to talk more about this hurt and harm and 
levels of sensitivity and why it's so imperative that as we learn to tolerate negative feelings, that helps us to have the wisdom to recognize bad behaviors that are not to be tolerated. So just just as we wrap this up, always remind yourself, we tolerate bad behaviors if somebody's working on them. We don't tolerate bad behaviors if that's the lifestyle. And so t- bad behaviors are harmful, very harmful, not just hurtful. So there's a very big difference between these two. These two. And we're going to talk also about when um, hurt actually becomes harm. So I want you to join me in the next segment uh, as we talk about really how to be the best version of me. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. I'm on all the social media, and you can listen to these uh, shows. All the shows are on the website if you don't get to listen to this in its entirety. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And if you are just tuning in, you can listen to this show in its entirety and all the other shows that I do on a weekly basis on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Lots of good things on the website to check out, and, and I'm on all social media as well. So we are talking about mastery of self. We are talking about not being a little person in a big body and, and how our society is not supporting this anymore. Our society is actually supporting being the opposite. It's supporting people doing bad behaviors and supporting the intolerance for negative feelings. And we see this, like I said in the last segment, this, uh, this kind of upside down way our society is doing things that we are tolerating outrageous behaviors, but we're practically making it illegal to hurt someone's feelings. So what that means is the more intolerant we are to negative feelings because adults can handle negative feelings. Little children cannot. So this is why when little kids go to school, we give them, you know, the age appropriate. They go to kindergarten for about two hours Then as they get older, school gets longer. They do more independent things because we want to protect little children because they are highly sensitive. They don't know how to tolerate negative feelings. And part of what we do as parents and caregivers is we comfort them. And so let's say Bobby goes to school, doesn't get asked to the birthday party. Everybody else did. He didn't. He comes home crying. He's feeling so rejected. He's hiding in his bedroom. He's, you know, acting out, whatever it is he's doing. And what a mom does, a dad does, an older sister, whoever is caring for him, comforts him, helps him calm down, helps him relax, helps him to tolerate the feeling. But they don't tolerate it on their own very well. That's why we need adults taking care of kids. So that as we do that, they integrate the ability to tolerate that feeling. They know it's not going to kill them. They know they're going to be okay later, and they learn how to do that from us. So if we as adults have children and we don't tolerate negative feelings, we're yelling, screaming, slamming doors, throwing things around, swearing, shutting people out, disappearing, drinking, doing all these things that if you didn't learn how to tolerate a negative feeling, then what we're doing is we're passing that down to our kids. And then our kids are taking it to school with them. 
or their jobs when they get older. And then they're doing that in their intimate relationships. And so as we really work on understanding the difference between hurt and harm, we recognize that for little children, there really isn't a difference. If they get really hurt, if their feelings get hurt, if they get rejected by mom and dad, that is harmful to them. It's not harmful to an adult. It's painful. It's painful. I don't like being rejected. I don't like people misunderstanding me or misperceiving me or, or judging me or you know, writing me off or being mean or gossiping about me. I, I don't like that. I don't like the feeling at all. But I can handle it. And I don't have to do bad behaviors in order to handle that hurt feeling. If I'm being subjected to harm, then I will not tolerate that. So when we have people that are chronically doing hurtful things, that becomes harmful, absolutely. Harmful things for adults are things like being in a marriage where somebody is, is, is physically harming you, is um, not allowing you to have your, any of your needs met, is scaring you emotionally on a repeated basis, is constantly throwing you under the bus, shaming you in public, Okay, these types of, you know, cheating on you, these types of behaviors are extremely harmful. Now, they, they are fixable, and one of the reasons I do a lot of marriage counseling is because when people are doing harmful things to someone they love, they can fix it. That's what adults do. Adults recognize the behavior is inappropriate no matter how I feel. It is inappropriate no matter how I feel. There is no justification for bad behavior. There's an explanation. Sometimes it's nice if we understand why people are doing bad things, but it doesn't excuse it. It's not a justification for it. So we only want to understand why people are doing bad behavior if they are wanting to change it. That's what adults do. Adults can have time. Adults can be patient. And so I have people in, in therapy for years sometimes if the problems are, are, are that, that big and the harm was that deep. And they can tolerate each other because they're working on it. If the person won't work on it, then as an adult, I don't have to tolerate it. And that's one of the nice things about being an adult. So if I can't tolerate hurt, I'm going to be one of those highly sensitive people. And, and that's really difficult when you're dealing with someone that is extra super sensitive. You have to walk around on eggshells. That makes it very difficult to have intimacy. So what we want to think about is it doesn't mean that I numb out. It means that I recognize the difference between hurt and harm and that, wow, that person was really snotty to me today. That hurt. That hurt my feelings. And that I'm able to relax my body, recognize it's not about me, recognize I need to forgive them, and I need to comfort myself. I need to have good self-soothing techniques that might be meditating, that might be praying, it might be calling a friend and saying, hey, you know, can you just tell me I'm not a, a loser because so-and-so or this just happened at work or this person just treated me this way and I just, it just hurt my feelings. That's how adults take care of themselves and one another, is that we have that intimacy with another adult that can reassure us, but we still have to manage the feeling ourselves because it's still my feeling and it's still my problem, right? And so that's just part of being an adult. And once you learn how to do this, you're going to be amazed at how much better you feel and how much less your feelings get hurt. 
and how much easier it is to just get over things. Part of it's really understanding. If someone hurts my feelings that I, that I love or that I'm close to, say they're insulting, say my husband has a bad moment and he says something kind of snotty to me or dismisses me or, or sarcastic or what, whatever that might be. Well, coming from him, it is a bigger owl than the person at the grocery store. So if he does this on a regular basis, I may need to talk to him about it, right? I may need to address it and say, I don't, I don't want this kind of stuff in our, in our relationship, in our marriage. But if it's infrequent, like it is, it's very infrequent, I know his heart, I just let it go. I don't even necessarily need to talk about it. I'm just going to get over it. I'm just going to say, check it off to him having a bad moment. Because he manages himself very well. He's probably more upset with what he did than I am. And generally, he will come and say, you know, I don't like how I handled that. I'm really sorry about that. So I need to be able to handle that and not complicate that moment by then retaliating back emotionally to him like a child and being snotty back to him. And then he gets his feelings hurt. And then now we're off to the races. And one small thing becomes a huge blowout. So we as adults have control and choice as to how big or small something gets, how big it is, how small it is. That has a lot to do with how I handle me. So we're coming to the end of this uh, particular segment, and we're going to talk in the next one about the different types of independency and dependency, counterdependency and interdependency, and what that looks like for an adult, and the process that we move through as we grow up and how paramount it is that we accomplish these goals. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. This is our half hour here. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I am Cynthia Hyatt, the host of this show, and so glad that you're joining me. If you're just tuning in, make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of good things on the website, and you also can listen to the shows if you ha- are just tuning in or if you can't listen to it in its entirety. Certainly, if you need a keynote speaker for your organization or church, love to do that. I can always tailor make any kind of uh, um lecture, any kind of teaching for whatever your organization is needing. All right, so we are back to how to be the best version of me. And what that means is I'm an adult. The best version of me is always going to be an adult. And we spoke a lot in that first half hour about the difference between a child in an adult body and an adult in an adult body and why that feels so different in in your life, and why life is so much more manageable when you are an adult. We don't send children out into the world by themselves to do adult behaviors. It's very frightening for them, and it's very overwhelming and very harmful for them, and they will not succeed. So when we have young people in big bodies, we find their lives not succeeding. We find in many areas of their life, they're not succeeding. And this is one of the most imperative things for you to learn if you really want to have the life that God has called you to have and wants you to have, the abundant life he wants you to have, is really learning how to be an adult. 
So I'm going to take some time on this next segment. We will probably do this in the, in the fourth segment because I'm not going to finish it in the short one. This is understanding that as people grow up, they go through, they go through different phases of growing up. The first one is dependency. And we have to be able to be dependent on a person and have it be a healthy dependency, a healthy attachment with a safe caregiver to get to the next stage, which is independency. And so dependency is tough if we have adults in our lives that are actually children as well, because then they're trying to get their needs met by us, and they're not going to be able to tolerate children having bad behaviors while they're learning how to do self-control. They won't be able to tolerate children having negative feelings because they will be so affected by it. So imagine, you know, we talked earlier in the show, the difference between a three-year-old having a meltdown in the grocery store and a 33-year-old melting down in the grocery store. It's a very different experience at a restaurant. A three-year-old, a seven-year-old having a hard time being difficult and a 44-year-old being difficult. It's different for a a young person, a 16-year-old, to get their feelings hurt. And and what we have to do to help them, because we see this if you've ever worked in high schools or have high schoolers or junior high schoolers, you know, they get their feelings hurt and they can't go to class. They have to get that need taken care of before they can even go to the next moment. Well, the hallmark of an adult is I can get my feelings hurt and I can still go to work and I can still function really well and not take it out on everybody at work that had nothing to do with whatever it was that hurt my feelings. So I don't have to bring all my feelings with me and give them to other adults. This is what children do. Now, that doesn't mean I stuff the feelings. It means that I learn the skills to tolerate the feelings. I can talk myself through it just like I would talk a child or a teenager through the negative feeling that they are have, having so that they don't end up doing bad behaviors. So dependency, when we have caregivers, adults that are not present for us are able to help us. They have their own trauma that's unresolved. They, had, they were not raised by parents that were there for them. They didn't get the attachment they need. Then we're going to struggle as adults. But the nice thing about being an adult is it's fixable. It's very fixable. I do it every day. I've done it in my own life. And it is much easier to live as an adult in the adult world than it is as a sensitive young person trying to do an adult world. So when we do dependency and we do it well, we want to be independent. And many times what you see, and you may have friends that are extremely dependent, and they're adults. They're very needy. They're very sensitive. They need lots of help. Um, they're, they're complicated versus being complex. And so dependency is a very scary place to be if you're an adult and you feel like you can't do your life unless someone is helping you. You can't get to the next moment if that person doesn't call you back. You can't handle the fact that maybe they don't like you. So part of really understanding dependency is recognizing that, okay, if, if I'm trapped in this adult body and I'm still a child, then I'm going to have dependencies. And if I try to put that pressure on another adult, there's not an, and I tell this to clients all the time, there's not an adult on the planet that can manage your inner child. Only therapists. That's what we do. God can handle that. So it's imperative that we recognize that, wow, if we didn't get what we needed growing up, 
There's the grief and loss process that we have to go through to help us grow up. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment. We are going to talk more about dependency, independency, counterdependency, and interdependency. Make sure you join me on the next side. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you for listening today. We kind of have a a different show today. This is really a lot about psychotherapy and what we do in psychotherapy and the fundamentals for building a high-functioning person. And so we talked in the very beginning of this show about the difference between hurt and harm, and adults need to recognize the difference between hurt and harm. Children don't know the difference. There is no difference for a child when it comes to hurt and harm. And we have to really be careful with them because they can get their feelings hurt and that can be extremely harmful for them. We talked about the increasing tolerance for negative feeling. That's a hallmark of an adult. Adults can handle negative feelings and adults don't tolerate bad behaviors. So when we have people that have dependency issues, that's what what we were talking about in that last segment. In dependency is the first stage of development for a, a, a human as they be, are becoming an adult. We have to do dependency. And children don't have any other choice but being dependent. See, adults do. Children can't choose who they're with. Adults can choose who they choose to be with. So when you think about dependency, if we don't master that, then we end up being a very young person in a very big body, doing very adult behaviors, but not feeling like an adult and not tolerating the adult world, which is a pretty harsh place. We don't want to throw little kids out into the adult world. So after we do dependency, because the, the, the main thing about dependency is that it creates attachment. If I don't, as a child, attach well, if there's not attunement, and if you want to know more about that, there's a show that says... Um, the God who sees me, and that's really about children feeling seen by their caregivers, that you really are seen, that you're heard, that you're known, and that creates good attachment. Good attachment helps to have the ability to tolerate hardship because I can attach to other safe people. If I don't have safe people growing up, I will have a tendency to attract unsafe people and do what we call recapitulation, which is I continue to do the cycle thinking I'll get it worked out. And so this attachment issue is part of where we get a conscience. When I attach to somebody, I then care about how they feel. And it helps me to grow out of being self-centered. So I feel bad if I hurt your feelings. If I don't attach well, and I try to attach and I can't attach to the caregiver, my mom or dad or whoever the caregiver is, Then at some point, what happens to people, this is where we get narcissism, sociopathy, psychopathy, is that the lack of attachment means I don't care about how you feel. I only care about how I feel. So dependency is an important place to have achieved. But we don't want to stay there because it's not, it's very difficult to be in relationships with adults that are dependent. The next step is independency. And we start to see this when when kids are around 14. 
12, 13, 14, up until about 23, they are really working on learning now to be actively independent. They're still dependent on their parents. Obviously, they, they cannot necessarily live outside on their own. But if they had to, a child over the age of 13 can figure out how to manage. Not well, but they can survive. So they're practicing being independent. They're driving, they're going to school, they're spending the night at their friend's house, they're um, getting a job, they're doing all these things to help them be independent. So that by about the age of 18, 23, and over, we have someone that can manage on their own. They are independent. And they can figure out life. So if we get thrown into independency too soon, right, Many times what happens is we get counter, what we call counter-dependency. So if, as I'm trying to be dependent on my parents, and I don't have healthy parents, and I don't get to really be dependent in a way that strengthens me to become independent, I can do some independent things, but I'm still dependent on something. And this is where we see adults that are dependent on substances or any types of self-medicating behaviors. So they're doing independent things because their age allows them to do that. But nobody knows they're depending on something over here to keep them going. And it may be a person. It may be um, over-spirituality. It may be um, uh, maybe things. maybe you know their job. It may be having enough money. It may be the, what they look like. Whatever it is that's propping them up to help them go and do the adult world that they don't feel fully capable of doing. So if we actually get to the independency piece without having to be counterdependent, we do dependency well, we move into independency, then the next step is interdependency. And interdependency is with two adults that have achieved independency, can rely on their, themselves, rely on their own. They don't need to have another person. They want another person. And so interdependency means just two are better than one. It's just easier. So I'll give you the example of these three. Before I got my master's degree, I worked at uh, psychiatric and wards and treatment centers because I needed to have a psychiatrist or a psychologist supervise me and write and, and sign off for me. So I could not practice any therapy without that supervision. That's dependency. Once I completed my master's degree, did all my supervision hours, Got my, did my practicum, my, my internship, all of that, and I got a license, now I can practice all by myself, all on my own. What I do now, I have two offices uh, here in Phoenix, in Scottsdale, and I have people that rent office space. So they have their own practice, I have my practice, and we share office expenses. That's interdependency. So if one of those individuals stopped their practice, I can still afford the office. I'm not depending on those people to make my practice work. That's the three that we are looking at. This is what we want when we are adults. We want to be interdependent on each other. It just makes life easier. So I give the example, if my husband were to pass away, I, I would be devastated. I, I, it would be... I, it would be horrible. But I could still make it. The only thing I would have to be dealing with is how much I miss him. The rest of my life would still work without him. 
that's interdependency. That's what makes those relationships so satisfying and so easy, so refreshing, so comforting, is that we have the appropriate amount of, of dependency because it's interdependency. It's I can relax and he can help me, but if he wasn't there, I could still do it on my own. Or I could hire someone. I could figure it out. So it's imperative when you're looking at adults that we find interdependent adults. Those are the safest adults to be in relationship with and to work with. That's what we want to achieve. And if we have counterdependency, that's what we want to fix. We want to get the help that we need to understand why am I going lateral, horizontally, depending on people, places, and things, right, depending on substances, depending on how much people like me, in order to actually function. That's very stressful, and it's, it's, it doesn't make us feel good about ourselves at all. So these are really important things to comprehend and to be working toward and to say, all right, I need to do an evaluation of my life. I want my life to work. I want to be all that God has called me to be, the best version of me. So I want to be looking at these areas. Am I oversensitive? Do I not know the difference between hurt and harm? Do I not tolerate negative feelings? Do I tolerate bad behaviors? Do I have that self-control that an adult should have? Am I understanding this issue of independency and interdependency? So when we think about interdependency and being independent and self-care because adults can care for themselves until they can't. So when we have adults that can't care for themselves, that's hard. It's hard on them. These are older people. These are infirmed people, injured people. That's different than I'm dependent and not independent as an adult. So when we think about adults, we know that adults take care of themselves. And the interdependent adults help care for each other. So we have self-care, and we have five arenas that we have to do this in. We, we have physical, social, psychological and emotional, intellectual, and spiritual. So I draw this graph for my clients often, and I say, let's look at where you're at in all these five arenas. Do you take care of yourself physically? Can you manage yourself physically? Intellectually, are you stimulating yourself intellectually? Do you over-intellectualize? Do you use the intellectual realm because you don't want to deal with the psychological, emotional realm? Or do you ignore the intellectual realm and get too consumed with feelings? So where are you psychologically, emotionally? That's kind of the realm we're talking about today. How am I functioning in that realm? And then we have to talk about socially. How, do I do so how am I doing socially? And what we find is that the social is going to suffer if I don't do the psychological, emotional well, right? So it's imperative that I recognize, okay, how am I socially? And is that because maybe I'm ignoring one of the other realms? Maybe I'm not taking care of myself at all. And so the last one is the spiritual realm. And a lot of times I have people that want to only work on that realm. They just want to make everything a spiritual issue. And they want to ignore the other. Or I have some people that will do the other four but refuse a spiritual life. And so in order to be a well-rounded adult, I have to be managing all of those realms. And that is my job. 
That is not anybody else's job. That is my job. And when I do that, when I manage those five arenas well, I am a blessing to people. I'm not harmful. I'm not stressful. This is why it is so important for us to recognize the need to grow up. That's one of the biggest gifts we could give to the world, to our culture, to the people that we love, is that we are a grown-up. So I want you to ask yourself, where are the areas I'm struggling? What are the areas in the adult world that I see myself not operating well in? Is it the people in my relationships? Is it the people I pick to be in relationship with? Am I refusing to be independent? Am I wanting to be taken care of? And, and I'm, I'm all for, I mean, I love it when my husband takes care of me. But the difference is he doesn't have to. So we're at the end of the show, and we do have lots more to talk about when it comes to this. So we're going to talk about this again next week. With the talking about these arenas, we're going to talk about that adults understand the past, the present, and the future very differently than children, and how that affects relationships and expectations, how it affects our emotional regulation, how we get over something in the past, and don't over-focus on the future and catastrophize the future. You know, adults have a personal code that they're committed to. We're going to talk about value systems and what that means. And adults delaying gratification while they're working on a goal. And then we're going to talk about levels of intimacy and what that means, what a childlike intimacy is like and what adult intimacy is like. And we're really going to talk again about, you've heard me say so many times, that adults know and understand that feelings are very real, they're to be honored, but they're not always true. That is why they have self-control. So I'm glad you joined me today. And I want you to want to make sure that you hear the show in its entirety if you can't. So always visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. This show will be um, on the website probably in the following, a uh, couple following days. We'll have it posted up. Make sure you join me next week for the rest of this How to Be the Best Version of Me. God bless you in your week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, You can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.